0: 9,000 getting loud. Murray lofting it toward the end zone for Kirk, and Kirk's got it! Touchdown,
1: Arizona, 26 yards!
2: You're listening to BeckQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gilio, and Aaron Hawksworth
1: from BeckQL.
0: It is BeckQL Daily right here on the BeckQL Network, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, and joining us right now. Is Odyssey NFL insider Michael Lombardi? Insider calls are presented by BeckQL. Get access to data and insights the sportsbooks don't want you to see. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BeckQL app or visit com today. You can also hear Michael on the GM Shuffle his weekly podcast available on the Odyssey app. Mike, we just heard the uh, highlight there of Kyler Murray yesterday, a decisive win for Arizona on the road in Tennessee. Is this the year, Mike, that, um, that Kyler Murray takes that leap? Number one overall pick. He's shown amazing flashes in a couple of years. He was outstanding. So were the Cardinals yesterday. What would you make of them in that game?
1: Well, you know, that was an interesting game because if you go back to last year when uh, the Cardinals opened up the Kingsbury era, they had an impressive 24-20 win out in San Francisco. Their execution in that game was marvelous. And I think it carried over. I think the one thing Kingsbury can do is get his team ready to play in the opener. I think a lot of his success this year will come If they can stay healthy and they threw the ball effectively on a Tennessee defense that I'm not sure has gotten much better. The Tennessee defense last year was historically and underscore the word historically bad. And it's going to take some time to improve. It's going to take better talent around it. And yesterday it looked like the 2020 uh, Tennessee defense, the way the Cardinals shredded them. So hats off to the Cardinals. I thought it was an impressive win. I actually tweeted it out. I thought it was a really good play for the day.
2: Mike, uh, what I really noticed yesterday was uh, the red zone performance or lack thereof with a lot of these offenses after a uh, a shorter preseason. Not sure if that had anything to do with it. Uh, What were some of your takeaways with red zone and uh, a few teams just terrific on third down all day?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, the Bengals were 21 percent on third down and ended up winning the game. I'm not sure how they did it. Everybody's talking about how great. You know, Jamar Chase played. They gave up five sacks in that game. I'm still not sure how they won that game. You know, I mean, it's uh, it's remarkable. But I agree completely. I think red zone offense was really bad. I mean, New England lost the game because of their red zone offense. The Colts lost their game because of the red zone offense. The other thing I think that was noticeable was uh, coaches not understanding the middle eight. The middle eight is the last four minutes of the first half, the second four minutes of the, uh, the first four minutes of the first half. And Miami typically... Because of the Belichickian approach, is is good at the middle eight. New England invented the middle eight, and Miami beat New England in the middle eight. They kick a field goal at the end of the first half, score a touchdown to begin the second half. That ten point swing changed the game, and I and I think that those teams that recognize the middle eight's really valuable, obviously were able to come in and win games. For example, Jacksonville under Urban Meyer, you know he's not playing Indiana anymore, he's not playing Minnesota. So the middle eight's alive. But what does he do? He, he throws three passes with 59 seconds and a half. And he's, he's down 20-7. to seven, And before he goes in at halftime, he's down 27-7. Game's over.
3: Michael Lombardi, Odyssey NFL insider with us. I love getting your insight. And, Mike, out of the rookie quarterbacks on Sunday, who do you think looked good? I really liked Matt Jones. I thought he looked good, but I'd love to get your thoughts.
1: Well, I thought Mack was sensational. I think he didn't look like a rookie. I thought Zach Wilson looked like a rookie, but he got to beat him. I mean, Matt, uh, Zach Wilson took a beating. Carolina's defense just beat the living crap out of him. I mean, I don't know if he's going to hold up, especially if Beckton has an ACL, which it looked like he did coming off the field yesterday, getting on the cart. They lose Beck in their left tackle. This Jet team will have a hard time winning three games this year. They're not going to be able to protect. They couldn't protect yesterday, and their defenses are good enough to carry anybody. So, I thought Mac Jones was sensational. I thought Mac Jones made all the plays he needed to make. They just didn't make plays in the red zone. Penalties killed New England. I mean, they got the ball first and ten, first and goal with the one, but it comes back because of a holding. And all those, they got themselves in too many negative positions, which killed them, which is is untypical of a Belichick team. They lose the middle eight, they lose the turnover battle, and they're horrible in the red zone. Those are the three things they emphasize in New England more than anything.
0: Michael Lombardi, Odyssey NFL Insider, joining us here. Mike, I don't think Philadelphia could have asked for a better debut from Nick Sirianni. First game with Jalen Hurts as quarterback to start a season, thirty-two to six. I thought their lines just dominated that game. They just took over after the first quarter. It was just it was Atlanta had no shot because of what Philadelphia was doing up front, and Hurts was efficient. What'd you make of the Eagles' uh, Week One?
1: Well, I think that was really what you just said was exactly what it was. I mean, the Eagles went into that game and they had a win with their defensive front, right? Uh, Atlanta has a bunch of first-round picks in their offensive line, yet they don't play like first-round picks. And, and Philadelphia with Fletcher Cox and Brendan Graham and Josh Sweat and all their defensive linemen, Hargraves, I mean, they are really hard to block. And if you don't block them, now you could attack their secondary really easily, but unfortunately they couldn't. And, you know, when you can't block, it doesn't matter if you draft Kyle Pitts, the fourth pick overall in the draft. If you can't block anybody, he can't get them the ball. We saw that. Plus Atlanta's defense. This has been going on for a while. Atlanta is bad in the defensive front, and they're not good enough. Their talent level on defense hasn't been good enough. I thought maybe they could cover it up. Not yesterday.
2: Michael, are we going to see a lot more Justin Fields week two between the Bears and Bengals?
1: Well, look, I mean, you know, Andy Dalton throws for 71% completions. I mean, the the Bears are more interested in completions last night than they were actually getting the ball down the field. Mm. I mean, you know, you walk off the field, you say, well, Andy Dalton played really well. You know, he had 71% of his completed passes. You know, he was good on third down. Yeah, but we didn't make any explosive plays. I mean, the Rams had the ball 24 minutes and scored 34 points. 24 minutes they had the ball they scored 34 points. If you don't make explosive plays in football, you can't get anywhere. Yeah, I would like to see them play Justin Fields. Now, you know, they managed that game in a way to where it looked like they were playing it really well. And they had moments where you thought, oh, they could really come back, but they could never make a play. They could never make a play. The ball came out of the quarterback's hand so fast that they couldn't make a play. And so you walk up the field and everybody will say, well, Andy Dalton played well. He had 71% completions. Yeah, but he didn't make any plays and he turned the ball over in the red zone. So I'm, I would say if you're going to try to make some plays and you're trying to hide an offensive line, you know, was anybody really surprised that Jason Peters got hurt? Was anybody surprised <laughs> by that at all?
2: No, no. <laughs> no. Joe G watched him in Philadelphia every single week. He was telling me, he's like, uh, he said, hey, he's like, Jason Peters, he's uh, your Bears tackle. He's going to be, he's going to spend more time at the injury tent.
1: I mean, it's just, a, I mean, you start a 30-year-old guy with injury, with injury history, and then you wonder why he's injured. I mean, come on. Yeah.
3: And Mike, I heard you call Andy Dalton a 2020 quarterback. Explain that to us.
1: Well, that's what Andy is. I mean, Andy will move the ball from 120 to the next. But when he gets the ball inside the red zone, he's prone to make a mistake. And he didn't disappoint me last night. The first drive of the game, I don't know who he was throwing that <laughs> ball to. I have no idea. You know, and in 2020, right down the field, and he can't get the ball in the end zone. And, and that's the biggest problem is some guys are like that. Some guys get down in the red zone, they can't make a play. And, you know, the coaches make a thousand excuses for it. But at the end of the day, the quarterback's job is to get the ball in the end zone. I mean and that's really what he has to do and he's got to make the play to get him in the end zone like Teddy Bridgewater fourth and one you know Teddy Bridgewater gets escapes the tackle guy got him sacked makes a hell of a throw to the tight end I can't say his last name Albert and then you know Albert makes an incredible play to, to break a tackle and get the ball in the end. that that's how you got to get in the end zone
0: Mike you mentioned Bridgewater there very efficient very good yesterday big road win for Denver did that game say more to you about Denver, how good they could be, or, or the issues the Giants have? Still can't block. Daniel Jones still not good enough. The, the Giants look to me like a team in trouble.
1: Well, the Giants are always in trouble. Has anybody paid attention to the last five years of the Giants football? They ranked 28th in win percentage. The last 10 years, they ranked 26th in win percentage. I mean, this just wasn't a fender bender yesterday for the New York football Giants. This has been a pattern of bad driving for 10 years. I mean, they hide behind a Super Bowl win, and they say, well, Lombardi, you're just jealous because you work at the Patriots, and, you know, we beat them. No, I watch the tape. Watch them. Their offense is prehistoric. Daniel Jones can't hold on to the football. He fumbles. They can't protect. Saquon Barkley is at least a month away from having any explosiveness. And they run an offense that's really 2004. Jason Garrett's running an offense that was great in 2004. It's really not very good in 21.
2: Uh, how about Dan Campbell? Uh, his team comes fighting back now. Now that was over. They they were buried, 41 to 17. Game's over, right? nuh uh. San Francisco betters. If you bet them late, you end up losing that one. The Lions with the late cover. Do you expect the the Lions to be a team that when they're a heavy underdog, you might want to back because they're going to play till the end?
1: I don't know how long you could do it. September, everybody's optimistic. I mean, the Lions probably thought they had a chance to win a Super. Bowl. I thought they looked horrible. I thought their defense was atrocious yesterday. I mean, they've got no team speed on defense. You know, I've got to study the tape further, but I I think it's going to be a long year in Detroit. I I bet you anybody who's in a survivor pool is picking the, the Detroit opponent every single week.
3: Well, we were talking about Survivor Pool, and if you wanted to take the Raiders or the Ravens, probably not the smartest choice, but we got to look at Monday Night Football. What do you expect, Mike, from this Ravens team in Las Vegas? All the injuries, any plays that you like in this game tonight?
1: Well, I mean, if you, the, the fours out there, I think the four will shrink to three and a half before we kick the ball off. I mean, right now, it's pretty much fours across the board. It was a four and a half for a while. You know, and that, that and there's 70% of the tickets of the cash is all coming in on the on the, the Ravens, and that number's not moving. And so the book doesn't want to give you four and a half. I think it'll be a field goal game. I really do. I think this is kind of the way they're going to play it. The Raiders will move the football. They've got to protect well. But without Marcus Peters back there, now you can attack. You don't have to go after Humphrey. You go after Tabion Young. You go after their second corner. Go after their third corner. Find the matchup you like and, and then take advantage of it. I would take the Raiders in the points tonight.
0: Mike, can the Ravens full season, not just tonight, overcome these losses? You know, especially the running backs, we kind of, we, we say it's just a running back. It's That's the NFL now. You you can overcome the loss of running back. But they lost two. They lost Dobbins. They lost Edwards. It's a lot to put on Lamar Jackson to kind of carry that run game. Do you think the Ravens can overcome this?
1: Yeah, I do. I mean, I think, look, you've you got to find a corner. You know, they're going to have to find a corner. they got a really good defense coordinator, Don Martin, down will scheme some things up. The Ravens' crush the mark is, is Lamar Jackson going to make plays in the passing game. That's to what it's going to come down to. And can he throw the ball on the outside quadrant of the field? Because Lamar Jackson, when he throws the ball outside to his right, he averages six yards per attempt. When he throws it outside to his left, he averages under five yards per attempt. Until he starts making plays in the outside part of the field, people aren't going to defend out there. And he's going to run the ball. He's going to make explosive plays. But the reality of it is he's got to make plays outside the passing game. If he doesn't do that, it's hard for the Raiders to really win playoff games.
2: Uh, Michael, all offseason you hear, oh, it's going to be so different because these stadiums are going to be filled with fans. But what we saw in week one is road teams were great against the spread. And we saw a lot of road teams or underdogs pull off these upsets. Uh, The Dolphins, Chargers, Steelers. Cardinals, Eagles, what does that tell you when you see all these road teams playing well?
1: Well, I think it really comes down to handling the snap count, being able to go in and and handle the uh, environment. And plus, we're a passing league now. You know, road playing at home when you ran the football, when we were a running league really mattered. But now that you throw the ball as much as everybody does, if you can handle the snap count and you're not as concerned, then you can throw the football effectively with crowd noise and that's really going to silence the crowd. And I think that's ultimately what the game has changed from a running league to a passing league. And I think that's transposed itself over in home field advantage. I mean, last year, you know, the eight, eight road teams won last year. You know, road teams, teams know how to figure out how to win on the road.
3: I really like what I saw from the Steelers, their secondary made life difficult for Josh Allen and a really good receiving core. Do you think this Steelers team is legit or could we see what we saw last season where they start off undefeated and then things kind of go downhill? I don't know
1: what to make on that. I, I really, I was, I was Buffalo. I mean, Josh Allen, let's be honest now. Josh Allen looked like the Josh Allen of 19, not the Josh Allen of 20. He had one pass over 39 yards. He couldn't make any plays down the field. Had guy's open. I mean, it was not a great game for Josh Allen. It's, you know, he's got to have to come back and play better. And when the Bills don't play from in front, when the Bills don't score offensively, their defense becomes a little bit of a liability. I thought it was a great game by the Steelers. They won in all three phases. They played great complementary football. And look, it doesn't surprise me. Mike Tomlin, that's why he keeps winning. <laughs> It's hard to find – Get you know, you, I was one of those people that early on I thought, well, Pittsburgh's not going to be able to, to cover their their win total for the year. But the more you study Mike Conlon, the guy just knows how to prepare his team to win and they'll play well. I think they'll be there every single week.
0: Mike, thank you for hopping on. We'll do it again soon. Always, uh, always excited to talk to Mike Lombardi, our Odyssey NFL insider. Insider calls presented by Beck QL. Beck QL. is here to help us all make better bets for real proven analytics, bet smarter, and beat the books – Download the BeckQL app or visit BeckQL.com today. You can also hear Michael on the GM Shuffle, his weekly podcast available on the Odyssey app. Yes, the Steelers. How about that? Allen looking like the Allen of 19, not the Allen of 20.
2: Oh,
3: hmm.
0: <laughs> and that that, that's
2: those. wide open. That's wide open. So, today, are we overreacting by saying Dolphins in control
0: that division? uh a little yes. bit if we if, by next week we'll be able to say it right if the dolphins beat him miami hosts are buffalo the... next week then we'll know yeah then we'll know all right coming up on the other side we'll get into some baseball as the pennant race are coming on the stretch and joe o has got a 100 to 1 ticket on a cy young contender you didn't have a great start on friday though not looking great we'll we'll do, dive into everything baseball cy young mvps where we're at right now in the pennant races that's up next joe o, joe g aaron hawksworth this is becky UL daily as always Presented by FanDuel Sportsbook on the BeckQL Network.